Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. I want to start off by just asking, if you ever, you ever think that you hear something, but you just aren't quite sure. For, for my wife and me, this happens all the time. Like, we'll be sleeping in bed at night, and, and all of a sudden, something, there's a sound that we're hearing. We get startled, and we're like, is that one of the kids? Are they, are they going to come and wake us up? Are they going to come and, and, and bug us right now? And so then, then you, you, like, sit up in bed, and you're straining for the next two minutes, trying to figure out, like, is that a child, or is it a creek in the house? I really hope it's a creek in the house. And, like, two minutes later, you're like, well, they haven't come through the door yet. We must, we're, we're okay. We're good. Um, it's frustrating when you don't know if you hear something right. I am the king, I've said this before, I'm the king of not knowing the lyrics to songs. I don't hear anything right. Either A, I don't hear it right ever, period, or B, I've heard it right and four seconds later I forgot what the lyric is again. And so I'll be singing songs and not, not even close to where I should be on the lyrics. Just yesterday we were at my nephew Eli's football game and I think it was like during one of the timeouts, um, I think the song is from Top Gun. It's Highway to the Danger Zone, you know? Uh, I never knew the name of it. So I always, I was mumbling it next to my wife, like, Highway to the Danger Zone. She's like, what is wrong with you? You're literally, you're even mumbling, because I literally mumble it like, Highway. I got all the words, but I don't know that I do. And she's like, what is wrong? Um, There was a song back in the day, I think it was from, 1992, Annie Lennox, I'm an Annie Lennox fan, I don't know why, but she's got this one song called, called Walking on Broken Glass. I know a lot of people have messed that one up before. I used to sing it, walking on, walking on, road came back. Now, what does road came back mean? I don't know. I've never, I never took the time to be like, hmm, it doesn't make sense. It's poetic, you know, like she was walking on the road and, and everything just started coming back to her, you guys. That's what I, you know, that's what I would have imagined. So I'm just, I'm really, really bad with lyrics. And it's, it's not just my kids, though, who can listen to a song one time and, and hear it. Like, they're, they're really good about it. But even though they're great at hearing the lyrics in ways I can't, sometimes they mess up, too. The other day we were in the car, and uh, we're, we're driving away from practice or something, and, and I put a song on in the, in the car, and, and as soon as I heard this lyric, I go, oh, they might think that was a bad word because it kind of sounded like it. And right away I heard this gasp like, <gasps> I go, guys, guys, don't worry. It's, it's okay. That's not what they said. Don't worry about it. And then I got to thinking later, I'm like, maybe that is what they said. They hear that stuff better than I do. I don't know. So now I'm all questioning my life and everything. But the bottom line is this. It is not always easy to hear things the right way. We struggle at hearing things the right way. And we've been going through this series called I Love My Church. And another reason why I love my church, why I love Central Christian Church, is because I really believe that as a church, we try to hear the voice of Jesus. We try to hear what Jesus is saying for the ways that he wants us to, to live in our community and to, to live in our culture. Um, but the truth is, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to be able to decipher what it is that Jesus is speaking to us. And so the question is always going to be this. Will we have the faith to step out and follow Jesus when we feel him leading us in a direction? If I feel like Jesus is leading me in a particular place, am I going to have the faith to step out and follow him? And I think that this, the answer to this question, it matters in a lot of different areas. It matters to a world that is far from Jesus. 
if we're not stepping out, living the way that Jesus calls us to, how many people out there in the world are not going to get to hear who this Jesus really is the way that, that they need to hear? It matters to my family. Uh, will my family learn what it looks like for me to put Jesus first? What does that look like in a person's life to put Jesus first? Even when things that he's asking from me doesn't really make a lot of sense all the time. It matters in my own faith. Will I get stuck in a rut of just going ahead and doing life my way, never really, never really giving into the way of Jesus? And there's an amazing story, I think, in the book of Genesis. Uh, it's a story that a lot of us, uh, a lot of us have heard before. But what I love about this story is it's a story that, that shows us what it looks like to give ourselves completely over to God. To, to follow in the direction that he's leading no matter where that direction might be going. The story that we're going to look at is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Again, it's one that probably a lot of us have heard, heard the story. But I want us to ask God to give us a, a fresh understanding of, of what this story means for us today. So would you pray with me before we go into the scripture? Lord... Uh, we pray right now that as we go into this story of Abraham and Isaac, uh, God, I pray that you'd help us to see it fresh and anew. Uh, Lord, there's, there's not any necessarily new truth that I'm about to, to speak about today, but God, I pray that, that the truth that we need to hear, that it will be fresh for us in a way that we hear it and can live it out throughout our week this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to start in Genesis chapter 22, starting right away in verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Can I just tell you, this is the most messed up thing in the Bible. There's just not much more that I can pick out in the Bible and be like, yeah, that's messed up. This is messed up. The idea of God asking someone to sacrifice his own son. I know if, if I ever felt like God was asking me to sacrifice one of my children, I would be pretty sure that I'd be, be going crazy. That wouldn't be a good day. On a bad day, I might be like, do I, do I get to choose which one? Um, most of the time, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going crazy. Uh, this, is not, this is not God. Obviously, any of us, we would be horrified hearing this question coming from God. I'm pretty sure at the very least we would not respond the way that Abraham responds. Looking in verse 3, it says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God told him about. How is this guy not even questioning what's going on here? There is not even, it's like there's not even a question going on in Abraham's mind. He's told, and then it says early the next morning, he gets up and he just starts making preparations to go and sacrifice his child. I would be questioning things. I know that I don't always hear things well. I don't always understand things. We have misunderstandings all the time. I read about a a woman who was driving home from work and she texted her husband. She said to him, could you start cooking those sausages? And then she put one of these little little things up. I think we're going to see it on the screen. Yeah, one of those. It's a heart, right? Well, she comes home after, after telling her husband, could you cook those sausages? And he cooked two sausages. Because it's less than three, right? Do you get it? He cooked two sausages. Misunderstandings happen all the time. There's another guy that English was his second language. And he was, 
He was trying to decipher the difference between the sayings, putting a baby to sleep and putting the dog to sleep. They're two very different things. Incredibly different things. And, and we, can, we can have misunderstandings about just about everything in life. And so what happens is, you and I, we usually pause. When something doesn't feel quite right, when we're, we're not really sure what the message is being said to us, we're like, okay, let's pause a little bit here. There was not much of a pause for Abraham in this story. It says, early the next morning, he gets up, he cuts the wood, he takes his son over to this place where he's supposed to sacrifice him. I think sometimes what happens is we pass off this story um, because we, we figure, well, God, God must have spoken to him different than he speaks to us. He must have spoken to Abraham audibly. Like he showed up right there and, he, and Abraham knew it was God because it was just plain and simple. But there's nothing actually in the passage that would tell us that that's how this was. There's nothing that would, that would make us necessarily think that God's not talking to Abraham the way, same way he talks to us. Which is that still, small, really soft voice that's hard for us to understand. I want you to think about Abraham and Isaac in context for a minute. Uh, if you don't know the story of Abraham and Isaac, um, Abraham was promised by God that he was going to have this son. And this son was going to be the start of this incredible lineage that was going to start a whole nation, the nation of Israel. Uh, and so he's, he's excited for this son that was promised to be born for years and years and years. But the problem is he keeps getting older and older and older, and, and this son never comes. And so finally, at some point, he gets impatient, and he ends up having a son with his wife's maidservant. That wasn't good. That was not the son of the promise. Finally, when Abraham is 100 years old, the Bible says that his wife Sarah finally gives birth to this son that they name Isaac. And so now you've got God telling Abraham to take this son who has been promised, who is supposed to be the start of a great lineage, and he's supposed to take him up on a mountain and, and kill him there. I want you to imagine for just a minute that God has asked you to take the thing that you value most in the world and to let it go. Now, for some of you, that, that, that might be a spouse, it might be a child, it might be a, a house or a car, I don't know. Maybe it's a Michael Jordan rookie card, I don't know. Uh, but what is that thing that you would value most? And, and what are the emotions that would go through you if you felt that God was telling you to give that thing up? Would you be hesitant? Would you perhaps outright resist God? I can't imagine not resisting God if this is what God was telling me. Hey, go up on this mountain and sacrifice your child there. I would, I would kind of hope that we would all resist that, right? This is a shocking thing that God is asking Abraham to do. But maybe for, in some ways it, it might actually be a little bit less shocking for Abraham than it is for you and me. We think of human sacrifice in 2023 America. Every single one of us thinks of human sacrifice as, as, as awful of a thing as you could imagine. But if we go back to Abraham's times, human sacrifice was actually a pretty normal thing. In fact, the, there are these priests of the gods that, that the people would serve in this area, they actually said that their gods demanded human sacrifice. So human sacrifice was a thing. I think it's fair to say that probably every culture has acceptable practices of sacrificing to the gods of that culture. 
What would that look like in America in 2023? I think one of the gods of our culture, we probably all could agree, it's it, it, money, and, money and material things. It is a god in our culture. And I think about what are the things that we sacrifice to that? We sacrifice our spiritual lives a little bit, I'm sure. But I think about the family time, the, the, the health of our families that we sacrifice to the God of money and materialism. It's something that I think a lot of us, we deal with, we struggle with. We don't say no to many family things simply for the reason of, hey, my family needs me. We don't say no, even though our family needs us. I was, I was really impressed by one of our leaders from Kids Midweek this past week. A couple hours before we were going to Midweek, uh, she gives me a text. She says, hey, Kellen, I'm not going to be able to make, the, make it there today. Uh, my father-in-law, he's got some struggles going on, and, and he just needs me, needs me to be with him today. And I was thinking, that's awesome. That's exactly where you should be. You should be exactly in that place right now. But I wonder how many times I've sacrificed my family, the health of my family, for really, really trivial things. Really trivial things so that people could see me as a success. Really trivial things so that I could, I could get things exactly the way that I wanted them. See, while human sacrifice was an accepted practice in Abraham's day, much like I think the sacrifice of our health and families is accepted today, Abraham believed that Yahweh wanted something different. Abraham believed that, that the God that he served was different than that. He believed it. Now, you might say it doesn't look like he believed it. He, he, took, he took Isaac the next day and he started walking up that mountain. But I think that as we look in the scripture, you're going to see he he believed something different from God. Hebrews 11 actually talks about this, starting in verse 17. It says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. See, maybe Abraham believed that God wanted to take this cultural depravity that was going on in his culture, this human sacrifice that was normal, maybe somewhere in there, Abraham believed that God wanted to redeem that somehow. You know, I, I think of what is, what is something that would feel like me walking up on that mountain to sacrifice my kid? I've always thought that the idea of letting my kid go to Hollywood to be an actor would be a little bit like letting my kid walk, take my kid up this mountain to sacrifice him. There is something about letting kids go to Hollywood and become actors. It doesn't seem to work out for young people very often very well. You know, I think it's, it's coming to Christmas season and Home Alone movies are going to be watched by all of us probably a couple times. And I think Macaulay Culkin is about my age and I think about the things that he had to go through as he was becoming a young adult. Life wasn't very easy, I don't think, for him. Life isn't very easy for a lot of kids who go into Hollywood and they make a name for themselves. And so, man, I wonder, what would, what would go on in my mind if I felt like God was telling me, hey, Kellen, take one of your daughters and go to Hollywood, let her be an actress? I'd be like, no. No, thank you. That's not happening. Uh, I don't want to sacrifice them to whatever it is about the Hollywood culture that, is, that just tears kids up. But if I felt like God was calling me to that, there's a part of me that I'm like, well, I hope I would say yes if God really, truly called me to that. The truth is, is that a lot of times 
we, we get called into things that it seems crazy. There's a church uh, that, that I remember. They, they got called, the women in the church got called to go and minister to other women in a strip club in town. They kept going and kept doing that, kept doing that. And eventually what happened is all these, all these girls that were working in the strip club, they got saved. And the, the strip club ended up closing down and the church bought that strip club. That's crazy stuff. That started off with a very, very crazy sounding thing in somebody's head. And it led into something really awesome. Now, can you imagine how God may have used this story with Abraham as a story of redemption to his neighbors and his friends who believed that human sacrifice was a good thing? He comes down from that mountain and he says, hey, I felt like God had called me to to sacrifice my child. And I got up there and God changed things for me. God had a different plan. God has a better plan. You see, everything that's happening in this story It is God's way of showing that he's got a better way for the redemption of sin than what people had already been thinking. This is the start of the plan of Jesus right from the beginning. God was showing Abraham's culture that there was a better sacrifice to look for than human sacrifice. But I think also what was happening here is God was transforming Abraham's heart. Abraham had this one son, Isaac, who he was very fond of. In fact, Isaac had an attachment to Abraham's heart. And I doubt that all the time it was super healthy. And so when God says, I want you to go sacrifice Isaac, really what he's, even though we're going to see in just a little bit, God stops him from from the physical sacrifice. Even though the physical sacrifice didn't happen, there was a sacrifice that happened in Abraham's heart. He let go of Isaac as the thing that mattered most to him. I love how Timothy Keller writes about this by saying this. He said that God was effectively telling Abraham this on that mountain. He said, it's all right, Abraham. I never intended that you should actually slay the lad. I only wanted to remove him from the temple of your heart that I might reign unchallenged there. I wanted to correct the perversion that existed in your love. Now you may have the boy sound and well. See, God doesn't call us to do crazy things for awful reasons. A lot of us, we grew up, if you grew up in the church, you're like, God, don't send me to like crazy places like Antarctica to minister to the one person that might be there for the gospel. I don't want to do it. God doesn't, God doesn't tell us to do crazy things for awful reasons. He only calls us to crazy things and crazy sacrifices to draw us to his heart and to draw other people to his heart. He has a purpose in it all. It might look like this story of Abraham is a story that seems inconceivable to you and me. It seems so awful that it must mean that God himself is awful. But in truth, what was happening is God was setting in motion an incredibly powerful reversal of what human sin had created. Human sin had created something so ugly in every one of us that a death had to take place for redemption to come about. God was showing that he was going to be to offer the sacrifices needed to take away even the most awful sins of humanity. And it started in this story. And so we continue the story starting in verse 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with, with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he he himself carried the fire and the knife. 
As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered him, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. Now what I want to do is I want to I look at not so much what it is that Abraham is doing. I want to look at what is it that Abraham isn't doing. And the thing that Abraham isn't doing in this story is he is not freaking out. Like we talked about it, he heard from God, go take your son up onto this, onto this mountain and, and sacrifice him. And the very next morning he gets up and he goes after it. He's not freaking out. And on the third day, he sees the place where this sacrifice is supposed to happen. And he leaves the donkey there and he tells his servants, hey, we're going to go up and worship and we're going to come back. No, you're not. You're going to kill your kid. I'm like, Abraham, you're lying about worshiping. Come on. Part seems a little messed up, but do you realize he actually says, we are going to come back. He's seeing something here. It keeps coming back to me that somehow Abraham had confidence and faith that God was going to stick to the original plan, which was to give him Isaac, who was going to be the seed of his inheritance. But he still ties up his son. He still puts wood on his son. He still lifts up the knife ready to kill him. Isn't it amazing how the difference between great faith and crazy is a very fine line? Some of you have lived your life and half the people are like, you're crazy. And you're like, I, just, I got a lot of faith. There's a fine line between crazy and great faith. We see it in this story. But, but if we saw Abraham today in 2023, we'd be calling CPS. Two minutes and CPS would be there. and he'd... Abraham's great faith is 2023's crazy and punishable by a prison sentence, Right? I talked about a couple weeks ago having a logical, rational approach to things in life. And, and I typically try to be that kind of person. I like math. I like numbers. I like logic. Um, and so I try to look at every, every option in life before I make a decision. Where this comes most frustratingly for me is when I'm trying to find a hotel room. You go in and you put stuff into booking.com or whatever. And, and I start looking at all the hotels for that weekend. And I just, in the... In the first five of them, I kind of know I probably should pick one of those. But I keep looking. What happened was a long time ago, Crystal decided to pick the hotel room one time. There were things in that hotel room that I don't want to express. And so I've taken over this job of finding a hotel room. But I'll just, I'll keep looking, I'll keep looking, I'll keep looking. I'm hoping that at some point I find the one deal that I'm like, oh my goodness, that deal's amazing. And then if I find that deal, I'm going to question that deal forever and think that it is a scam. Because that's also how my brain works. But I'll keep looking, I'll keep looking. But you know what happens? Every single time, I should have just made the choice of one of those first five. 
because I'm it's always one of those first five that I wind up going with. Why do I spend an hour looking when it could have taken me two seconds? When you really know in your spirit that God has spoken to you, wouldn't it be just better to go ahead and listen to it and get going? Just like Abraham did in this story. Do what he's asking because most often the thing that you're hearing, when you really, now some of you are like, I don't know what it feels like to, to have God speak to me. There are moments in life where you just, I really believe the Holy Spirit speak to us, speaks to us in a way where sometimes we just know. Like, oh, that, that's how God speaks. Okay. And you know it. But what happens is a lot of times we procrastinate. And when we procrastinate, the only thing we're usually doing when we procrastinate is we're trying to talk ourselves out of what it is we feel like God has just to told us. Think about it if, if Abraham had waited a day or, or two or three days before he got, went up to this mountain. Most likely he would have been telling himself the whole time, okay, God, this isn't really what you want me to do. What do you actually want me to do? You don't really want me to do this. The fact that the Holy Spirit uh, wasn't made available to people like it was after Jesus left this earth, it shows us that maybe there's, a, maybe there's truth that God was speaking to him word for word, audibly. And so maybe it looks different for us when we hear from God than when Abraham heard from God. But still, he didn't question. And I know too many times I question when, when I feel like God is speaking to me. When you hear from God, don't delay. When you feel like God is definitely calling you to something, maybe the only reason to procrastinate is to ask yourself this question. Is this as crazy as God actually wants me to act right now? You start hearing from God, and, and maybe the only reason you pause is, okay, I, I'm hearing this, but is it, is it supposed to be crazy? I'll, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to our capital campaign that we've got going on and this kickoff offering at the end of the year that we're, that we're working towards, I'll be honest, me writing down a number for that kickoff offering has been difficult. From the get-go, I felt like God is speaking a number to my, my brain. The only reason I'm procrastinating writing down is because I keep going, God, is it, it, is it actually a crazier number that you're thinking? Because the number already is like, that, that's a little uncomfortable. But God, are, is there something a little crazier that you're wanting from me? Is there a little bit more that you're wanting me to trust you than what I'm actually trusting you right now? If you're going to procrastinate on things that you feel God is calling you to, don't let it be for something less crazy. Procrastinating to see if he wants to stretch you even more. Maybe you've stepped out of your comfort box and done some crazy things for God lately. Uh, maybe you, you stepped out of your comfort zone and you uh, told somebody at, at work, a coworker, about your faith in Jesus. And there's something about that. When we, when we do that thing that we step out of our comfort zone, all of a sudden it feels good and like, okay, now I can relax. What I'm saying is, maybe God is asking you for something even more crazy. Maybe there's a couple other people that he's still asking you to, to reach out to. Maybe you recently quit a job, and that, that job was a job you loved, and you didn't know exactly where God was going to lead you, but now maybe God's gotten you into this new job, and, and things are going good, and it's all good. And so now you're sitting there going, all right, that was uncomfortable enough. I'm going to sit in some comfort for a while. Now, is that, is that you saying that you want to be comfortable, or is that God saying, hey, it's time for you to be comfortable for a while? Because a lot of times we just want the comfort. But can I say that Jesus didn't give us the example of comfort? 
Jesus lived kind of a crazy life. Maybe God is whispering things to you that, that are outside that comfort zone. Maybe he's telling you to go back to school for some reason. Maybe he's talking to you about changing the way that your own kids do school. Maybe he's talking to you about downsizing your home, living a little bit more within your means so that you can be a, a, more of a blessing to the people around you in some way. Is God calling you to adopt or maybe to start fostering kids who don't have a home to go to right now? Again, all these changes, are, they're uncomfortable for us. They get us outside that comfort zone. But Jesus didn't live his life in a comfort zone. Maybe you already made your decision about what, what it is that you feel like God is speaking to you about what you're supposed to give in this capital campaign. And that's great, but are you open enough to say, hey God, if it's even crazier than what I first thought, show me that. Are we always going to be open to the idea that God maybe wants to do something even more drastic and outside the box than what we actually thought he wanted to do? Would you be willing to let God move you in a way that even yourself you say, man, that's kind of crazy. Man, that's a little bit uncomfortable. Why would, we, why would we ever choose to act in ways that are outside our comfort zone? Can I tell you the craziest story in the history of stories is the story of what Jesus did for us. We think it's crazy that God told Abraham to send his son, to walk with his son up this mountain to sacrifice him. But God did the even crazier thing he came into this world. God became man. That's what Emmanuel means. God with us. Jesus stepped into the world as a man so that he could walk up that mountain himself and lay down like Isaac laid down and that wood was placed on him. He was, a, he was called to be a sacrifice. You want to talk about absolutely crazy. The thing that God did for us is way crazier than anything you or I could ever imagine or what we could think of. Now, I'm not asking you to go and think, what's the craziest thing I could do for God? And I'm going to go do it. What I'm asking us is, can we listen to God? Can we listen to the Holy Spirit in what he is telling us is the crazy thing to go do? Because here's the thing about crazy. If God asks something from you, no matter how out of the box it seems, it really isn't crazy. Some of the craziest things that have ever come into your brain were probably the best inspiration that God's ever given you questions that we got to ask ourselves today is this are we willing to let God move us in a direction that feels really really ridiculous are you willing to hear from God to not procrastinate and by faith trust that he has a plan for you as we love our church during this season of commitment is God calling you to something that sounds a little bigger for you than what you feel comfortable with this morning I want us to ask God to to help us to become unafraid. Let's ask God to help us move in the things that are uncomfortable for us. Let's ask God if there's actually something even more out of the box, a path in our, for our life that is, is further outside of the comfort zone that we could possibly want to walk on our own. Let's ask God if there's a, a path that is different than what we're seeing that he wants us to walk Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.